It's episode 32 of Milwaukee's Tailgate Baseball Podcast, your weekly Milwaukee Brewers podcast. I'm Steve Garshinsky, and joining me today are both Ryan Topp and J.P. Breen. And we have a very special guest because it's our prop bet episode, Andy Schaff. Hey, Andy, you want to say hi? Hello, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, see? Those sultry sounds, that's going to uh, help us coast through the rest of this episode, right? Yeah, I plan on speaking less. Yeah, that's always a good thing. So um, if you want, you can help fans find the podcast by rating and reviewing Milwaukee's Tailgate on Apple Podcasts. We want listener questions, so follow Milwaukee's Tailgate on Twitter at MKE Tailgate. Email questions to milwaukees.tailgate at gmail.com or follow our Facebook page. You can also follow the three of us on Twitter, and you'll find that in our Milwaukee's Tailgate Twitter bio. And finally, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can visit patreon.com slash MKE Tailgate. Our ball and glove patrons receive the monthly Minor League Extra podcast. Milwaukee's Tailgate is sponsored by Carbon 4 Brewing. From Dragon Flute to Block Party to Fantasy Factory IPA, K4 specializes in English-style malt bombs and perfectly balanced hop grenades. Coming up on March 23rd, Carbon 4 is re-releasing Martian Sunrise Red IPA, and we have Zach Koga, he's one of the owners of Carbon 4, here to tell us a little bit about that. Sure, Martian Sunrise, a really beautiful red IPA featuring a mosaic hop profile and just a big, sexy red malt underbody. Okay, and what do we do Out to get that? World. Once it's released, where do we find it? We are, It'll be in our tap room March 23rd, uh, next Friday, and uh, then it'll be available throughout the state in stores and, and four-packs and on draft around the state as well at bars and restaurants. And what's the best way to have this one? Well, I think to get it as fresh as possible, come into the tap room in Madison and get it, uh, get it in pints or a growler to go. Yeah, so grab your growler and head over to Carbon 4's Tap Room on Kinsman Boulevard on Madison's east side, or check out Carbon4.com. Carbon 4, beer brilliance. Milwaukee's Tailgate is also sponsored in part by Sound Devices, a premier manufacturer of audio production gear, and they're located right here in Wisconsin. Sound Devices gear is used worldwide and is found on the set of Oscar-winning films and popular TV shows. And if you're looking to create a professional-sounding podcast, check out the MixPre 3 and MixPre 6. For more information, visit SoundDevices.com. Com. Okay, so like I said, we got the prop bets coming up in a little bit. But uh, first, we want to start off with a little bit of news. Chase Anderson was officially named the opening day starter. Is that a surprise for anybody, Ryan? Nobody who's been paying attention at all. No. 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 Jim, deserved? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't necessarily care who the opening day starter is, but... It sets the it, tone. It's fine. It sets the tone for the season. You don't You don't think that's important? Look, after Jeff Supon did it, don't really care. <laughs> that destroyed it for everybody. Remember when <laughs> Rafael Roque was the opening day starter in like 1998? Until you said that name, no. No. <laughs> no. no. I mean, we had some real winners back in the late 90s. I mean, you go back and look. Call, that's a solid callback, but no. Yeah, I think he was the first pitcher to pitch in the National League for them. So he was like the first guy to take a, you know, a National League at bat for them and all that. Yeah. Is that because you were looking at the Wikipedia page to see who the... I was there, man. I was there. I ditched school my senior year of high school, and we we went down to the game, and I was there. It was the first opening day I ever attended. Okay, so... Uh, Certainly dating yourself on that one. Yeah, definitely. Yep. So we have uh, Chassin, uh, the free agent uh, pickup this season. The big pitching acquisition will pitch game two in San Diego, where he had a lot of success last season. So he had a he had a 179 ERA, uh, 0.98 WHIP. I mean, the guy was just fantastic in I mean, San Diego. He, he shouldn't give he should give up negative runs because he gets to face the Padres. Exactly. So, so um, as opposed to on the road where he had almost a, you had like a six and a half ERA. Oh, so, it was, yeah, night and day. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Do you think they're just trying to get him off on the right foot here? 
Like, let's set him up for a good start. I and think then... his turn just came up, Steve. Oh, okay. You don't, you, don't think, you don't think there was a way that they're trying to, like, manage his mindset for the rest of the season? <laughs> no. Oh, no, okay. I don't. Just like the way they're, they're setting the tone with Anderson on opening day. No, nobody's, nobody believes any of this. No, he's, he is the best pitcher that they have. So okay. he is starting the first game. Okay. Well, they're skipping the third spot, or they haven't named it yet, and pushing Zach Davies. He's going to do the home opener. He had a little bit of an oblique issue. Um, yeah, I mean, it looked like it was maybe going to be Wade Miley until, you know, the unpleasantness the other day. As the fourth starter who would get the third start? Yeah, or? Who, knew, yeah who knew exactly what how that was going to shake out, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, do you do you honestly think that that start hurt Wade Miley's chances of being named to the twenty-five man roster? Um, no, I think it shows more accurately that his chances were not as high as everybody was taking them for granted to be. More so. Wait, so so you're suggesting that he's probably not going to make the roster? Oh no, I think that he's he's a fringe. He he's in contention for it. I don't think that that start changed what he was. I think the perception of where he was has changed. He he looked like a guy who was going to be a lock by people who are watching every you know inning of spring training and and tracking it that way. And that perception I think is now dim. Oh God, who's watching every inning of spring training? I mean, have well, they watched a spring training game before? <laughs> They're ba- they barely qualify as games. I think it's I think the he is. I think he's still somewhat likely to make the roster. I mean, Harder Court starts complaining about the game time in like the third inning in spring training. He starts complaining about before the game starts. He really does. But, so I mean, and also the view from the press box. <laughs> and Which, there's probably I mean, a, that I can't blame him because it is crap. There's probably a glare <laughs> from the sun or something like that. As no, well. he's that sitting in front of a pillar. Oh, well, again, what are you really missing? So um, anyway, so th- that's kind of how it's shaking out right now. Uh, they'll name a fourth starter before the season starts. They might not have a fifth starter until a week or week or so in. They have some breaks in there before they, they don't really have to need. start. I believe a fifth starter until the Saturday of the Cubs series. That means or, they can carry sorry, nine that- relievers. <laughs> well, and I think council, that's really what Steve wants. Council had relievers. Yeah, council had an interview where he said that they'd probably use that extra spot to uh, hold on to a position player, probably just hoping to work out the I don't know Aguilar, uh, Phillips, whoever's kind of that last man of the roster gets to hang around for a little bit. Yeah, yeah well, and it's, it's a. I said the other big news in terms of the roster for opening day outside of the rotation is the fact that Stephen Vogt almost assuredly is not going to be on the opening day roster because of a shoulder injury. So it's probably good news for Jet Bandy. Yeah, but I mean, they can DL vote. It's not like they have to lose him outright. Oh, no, I no, I know that. But it's a situation in which we were talking about Jet Bandy might not be might be DFA'd before spring training is over. And now that's almost assuredly not the case. Yeah, so uh, all those Jet Bandy jerseys will still be uh, good, at least for the first week of the season. Right? You got one of those, Steve? I, I do, because it's two, two T's, Jet yeah, two T's. it is. Yeah, because that's what I put on the back of shirts is uh, the first name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's been enough buildup. So uh, we got our prop bet episode here coming up. So um, somebody want to kind of do a little explainer what we're going to do here? Ryan, you want to take it? Why don't we have Andy explain? Okay, what Andy, we're explain. Do. <laughs> exp- yeah, we'll bring we'll bring Andy in. He already said hi. Um, but explain what we're going to do for our prop ed episode here. Sure. So here's kind of this is 
I guess the goal today have these guys talk about some props. You know, some are going to be semi-serious. You know, how do we feel the season's going to play out? What players are we think you know are going to be good? Expectations, that kind of thing. Um, there is a lightning round at lightning round at the end, which is the opposite of that. So we can kind of get some frivolous stuff. Uh, we'll have some fun with that. Uh, after the show, we'll have a, a Google form, basically, that these guys will distribute. Um, invite listeners to put in their guesses as well. Um, well. At the end of the year, we'll tally up who has the most wins, and I'm sure these guys have a great maybe Carbon 4 prize for them. We'll or figure something, something like out. That. Yeah, we'll figure something out um, for everybody. So, yeah, it's a pretty fun listener participation thing. So, you know, after the show airs, uh, check out the Twitter feed, and we'll distribute the form and kind of see who is the most knowledgeable um, going into the season here. Yeah, so we'll definitely pin um, everything to our Twitter page. Uh, usually the Facebook our, page. Yeah, Facebook page. Uh, we always post on Disciples of Euchre. They host it. So And Patreon will yeah, be on so, there too. So look for it in all those places. We'll have a page where that can get you to uh, the form to fill out, and then we can see how many people we can get uh, making these prop bets against us. And yeah, then we, I, will say, good, I, I will say that, that we're not... We don't know what the prop bets are going to be. No, we have so, no idea. Yeah, so this will be this will be a situation in which we're all going to learn together what Andy, what Andy's got got in store for us and and try to make it so we don't sound too stupid. Yeah. Well, the goal is to sound a little stupid, right? Yes. Well, yes. I, that's yeah. built into the system. We just want to determine who's the least stupid out of us. So, <laughs> the, with with the, all that, and we should the less stupidest. Yeah, we, we should give credit. Uh, originally, uh, Andy does this every year with the Buck Around podcast. So. Yep, we do it with a Badger football podcast, a Buck Round, which is a, another great podcast if you have an interest in that. Um, it's usually a lot of fun. You we get totally a lot stole of, the idea. A lot of frivolous things that you end up cheering for halfway through the season, so we'll have some of that today as well. Or like two seconds into the season, <laughs> yeah. like Isaiah Laudermilk's yeah. sack last year. <laughs> some props are done within the first inning. So. Well, hey, it's great if we can like see all this stuff filled you know, as the season goes along. We don't want to wait till like June before we start seeing anything. So, No, and it gets, yeah. Yes. We should be good to go. So yep. with that, Andy, let's uh, let's get rolling. All right. We'll start off with an easy one here. Um, Want to know who do you guys or who do we think is going to lead the team in home runs this year? Uh, last year we had a couple guys, Shaw and Thames both had 31. Uh, Domingo Santana had 30. Um, just want to get your you know, take here on who do you who you're penciling in to lead the team in home runs. Ryan, you want to go first? Okay. Um, I will take Travis Shaw. I, I I bet you this one goes around. I think we're all gonna. I, I'm taking Travis Shaw. I'm taking Travis Shaw as well, just for playing time reasons. Yep. Yeah, that's the main thing. I think you have playing time. Uh, Shaw's also shown like his power is not a fluke. Um, so just if he gets the innings again, he's gonna get the innings over Thames if Thames is uh, platooning with oh. Braun or Aguilar Absolutely. or anybody like that. And it may even turn into a soft platoon with Braun, where Braun is getting some action against right-handers uh, at first base, depending on how things have, have shaken out. So, yeah. I mean, I think the only thing is you never know what Thames is going to do against the Reds. I think that could be the equalizer. <laughs> <laughs> Domingo Santana, I mean, is a guy that could end up winning this quite easily, but it's just hard to see the playing time materializing there either. Are we ignoring Braun on this? I mean, do I we mean, think he's not going to get the enough games to be able to put up the power numbers? Because, I mean, the guy can still hit. Well, for me, if if I thought Braun was going to get 600 plate appearances, he would have been my easy choice. But uh, I think in terms of how much time they want to give him off, injuries, all of those things, I don't necessarily think that's going to be a, an easy choice. 
Yeah. So, okay. So Shaw all around for all of us. So Andy, on to the next one. Gee, that was great, guys. Thanks for picking the exact same player. That's really helped discussion here. So. <laughs> well, you wait. Are you not picking? Do you not, I can't no, remember. I, I am just the arbiter here. I don't. <laughs> I don't have a say. So the number two. Uh, last year on Fangraphs, we, we, you know, you guys have talked about this some, but we didn't have any Brewers with a, a WAR over four. We had a lot of guys that were close to there. They acquired two guys in the offseason that did have Fangraph wars over four with Yelich and Kane. Uh, one, I have an over-under set on how many players on the Brewers will end up with a four uh, Fangraphs war this year set at 1.5. Are, Go are we going to me first? Yeah, for you're all going, these? You're going first for all of these. Oh, God. Thanks. Um, Wait, so, okay, say that again. Over-under 1.5 war. Uh, how many Brewer huh? players will have a war of over four? And I have okay. the over-under. Now, is this position players or is this pitchers included? Pitchers included. Okay, so it's pure. Okay, because Jimmy Nelson was over four for Fangraphs. Where I think he was 4.9. Okay. Yeah, I think he did have, but obviously he's you know, going to get there this year. Yeah. Unless he's really good and gets back real early. Um, okay, I am going to take the over. I'm optimistic that, that Kane and Yelich can get to that point and perhaps one of the pitchers manages to as well. So I think that I will take the over. Um, I'll take the over as well. Um, yeah, with with Yelich, hopefully with Anderson replicating, um, yeah, I think they got a good chance of uh, getting the over on that, at least with a couple guys. JP? It's going to be boring as shit. I'm taking over <laughs> as well. Um, because I think between, obviously, Kane and Yelich, but... I think there's a solid shout that if Arcia hits well enough with his defense, he's got a shot to make it. Uh, even though Fangraphs doesn't actually like his defense as much as like baseball prospectus because UZR is weird. I was going to say UZR um, hates him. So, but there's a there's an outside shot to say that like you could have a pop up guy like if Jonathan VR is able to come back and and replicate his his 2016 form. I mean, he's a guy who has the capability of doing it. Shaw, if he's able to hit as well as he hit in the first half last year for the course of the year because he's a good defender he's got a shot to do it so i just think there are a lot of options that could that could play out right so i'll, I'll also take the over okay next one we have is a this one i struggled to come up with the line so i don't know if you saw on uh Pakota came out with their projections and they had lewis brinson with 24 home runs oh wow and they had christian yelich at 18 home runs so kind of knowing my audience here i was trying to set a line of who's going to have more home runs so i'm mm. going to take yelich is so the over under is who's going to have more home runs, Yelich or Brinson? If you pick Yelich, you have to give five and a half. Oh, if you pick Yelich, so think of this as like Yelich, Yelich versus uh, Brinson. Uh, Yelich is favored by five and a half. Okay, who are you going to take for more home runs this year? Okay, so he needs to get six or more above what Brinson does. Yeah, um, I'm still going to take Yelich. I will take Yelich because I think he's going to hit for more power than we've seen from him in Miami. Uh, just, you know, will uh, at least a slight uptick from that. And who knows how much time Brinson is going to actually get because he still has to, he still has to establish himself that he can be a credible major league ball player. So I think that Yelich is, Brinson definitely has more upside for power, but for this year, I'll take Yelich for sure. Okay. Uh, with Yelich plus five, plus five and a half, plus five and a half. I'm going to go with Brinson. I don't think Miami traded for Brinson to not play him. So I think he's going to get the amount of playing time. And yeah, I think just he has so much more power than Yelich. Yelich can hit. 
I don't think that means that Yelich is going to be disappointing. The guy can hit, the guy's going to get on base, and he's going to be a great player for the Brewers. But just raw power, I'm going to go with Brinson on this one. Yay, we have disagreement. <laughs> I'll also take Brinson. Uh, I think there's a pretty good shout to say Yelich ends with 16, 17 home runs. And I think that Brinson can, I think number one, I agree with Steve that Brinson's going to get plenty of time to play. Um, and I think that it's, it would be hard for Brinson if he were to get a full slate of playing time to only hit like 10 home runs over the course of the entire year. So I'll, I'll take Brinson. There we go. First disagreement, and Ryan is wrong already. <laughs> All right, this is a little less important. Um, so under Council, the Brewers have been bunting a lot less. I don't know if you've noticed it. I don't know if you knew that under Renicky they tended to bunt a little bit more. I had never heard I, that. I don't know. It's just a rumor that I heard. Um, <laughs> Was there anybody that followed that yeah, or kind of highlighted that? No one fact? really talked about that much, but they did bunt, and they ran into a lot of outs. Um, so I want to know how many bunts. This is a, a prop on bunts by position players. So last year, they only had 12 bunts by position players. Uh, the year before, they had 20. Uh, these are sacrifice bunts by position players. So I got the over-under on 14 and a half uh, sacrifice bunts by position players this year. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, 14 and a half, huh? Yeah. And they were at 12 last year. I'll, I'll keep going. I'll stay with the trend. I think that they'll, they'll continue to head down especially with the lineup being a little bit better this year than wait what's year. that mean what are you picking under i'm taking the under Can, okay. the trend line continuing down and i will take the under because yeah with the lineup being even better this year i think we think the lineup is going to be as a whole better with the additions of yelich and kane even less need for this sort of stuff so i will t go ahead and take the under uh i'm gonna go over i think they're gonna have more guys on base this year so i think there's just gonna be more opportunity to do this even if we don't like it as a strategy i think there's just going to be a larger quantity of opportunities therefore i think they're going to go over on this uh, i'll take i'll take the over i i don't have a reason <laughs> <laughs> you can just say you agree with me we'll all accept it but don't, don't try to make me switch <laughs> <laughs> oh great <laughs> Look at that. So, okay. So everybody's going to be watching out for those sack bunts because it's going to be awesome all season to watch. Yes. It's what we wait for. You know what? It'll give me a reason to actually really hate them. So that's good. Hate them even more than <laughs> you already do. I, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I was gonna more say Eric Sogard starts to get a bunch of, there yeah. we go. Eric Sogard gets He's, a bunch of plays. He's the X you know. factor. Yeah. V, VR. <laughs> yeah. VR is terrible. And Sogard ends up being like the primary second baseman, man, we're going to fly past that number. <laughs> all right all right this one i i really struggled with uh where to put the number at and maybe it's more of a discussion point than an actual number but braun first base starts i have this over under set at 23 and a half oh okay i yeah i think that that's, that's nice yeah i'm i'm gonna take the over on that one i think he will make more starts than that at first base Sorry, I'm writing this stuff down. So, um, okay. So, yeah, because how many a week would that be? I mean, so it's about three quarters of the starters in baseball are lefties, or I'm sorry, righties. So about one quarter are righties. So you figure about forty games a year, you're going to start a lefty against a lefty, and I think that he will see a majority of those 
and possibly some right-handed starts. Now, this is starts at first base, or it's... Starts at first base. So then you also have to think about Braun injuries. Um, Braun, you know, coming out publicly in the middle of May saying that he's done with first base is also in play here. (laughs) Um, So Does does he give his opinions routinely or something? I mean, do we ever hear what Ryan Braun really thinks? Sheriff Braun? Yeah, the the deputy. Deputy, oh yeah, yeah, deputy. Braun was the deputy, so... He's got a badge and everything. Um, yeah, so I I still think the Braun to first base thing is, regardless of what he thinks, is going to happen all season. So I'm going over on that one. Being last sucks because like this is my time to make up a little bit of space on on both of them. So I'm I'll take under uh, between injuries and the fact that Council has come out and said that actually he's going to start spending some time in right field. Um, could actually open up some space there as well. Uh, so, yeah, I'll take I'll take under just to be different. I'll try to make up some make up some ground. That's the way to do it. We got to play the percentages. That's <laughs> what smart managers yeah, do to smart. win ball games. All right, so let's move on to pitching here. Uh, first one, kind of open up to the floor. Uh, who is going to have the lowest ERA among starting pitchers with fifteen starts or more? Ooh. 15 starts. Okay, so we can pick anyone. Yeah. On. Okay, so that's not just an over-under. JP, how about you start with this one because you were kind of complaining about it. Trying to do the math in my head for when Jimmy Nelson would have to come back to hit 15 starts. I'll say Zach Davies. You think Zach Davies is going to have the lowest ERA with 15-plus starts this season? I do. I okay. think he'll be, I think he'll be right around three five ish, um, and I think Chase Anderson's the easy the easy play on this one. But I think we'll see some regression from him, and yeah. So uh, I'll I'll stick with uh, I'll stick with Zach Davies and, and be a little bit on his bandwagon, I suppose. Okay, um, I'm going to go with Chase Anderson. I think even if he regresses, I mean the guy was under a three ERA last year. So, I mean, regression still gives him plenty of room to, I think, stay underneath Zach Davies, who, you know, what was he, 3-9 last season for an ERA? Yeah. Right around there? About, about, mm-hmm. a, about a 3-2 to a 3-4 if you discount the first four starts, like we talked about last week, Steve. Are, are we discounting starts? <laughs> I mean, do we get to pick which starts count towards this? Absolutely, right? If you yeah, actually, like, actually, it's just like last year. If you get rid of all of the times in which the Brewers did well, they were terrible. So yeah. if so, you just send me a direct message on Twitter on what games you would like um, <laughs> taken out of this stat, I will go ahead and adjust. Okay, well, That's I didn't know perfect. since yeah. they only have to make 15 starts if we get to pick the 15. I mean, obviously, that'll play into it. So, But I'm going to go Chase Anderson because I think even if he regresses, he's still got enough room to, to beat Davies, who... I, I think that was a pretty accurate representation of who Zach Davies was last season. And I also want to throw out, this guy may not even be on the Brewers yet. If your pick is Alex Cobb here, you can go ahead and pick Alex Cobb, you know, for example. I don't know. Is there anybody who really <laughs> wants to see Alex Cobb pitch for the Brewers this season? I haven't seen anything I, I, on there Twitter. Are, there are I plenty be okay. of people that want to oh, see okay. it. I would be okay with it. I mean, for the right price. For the right price. I know that you you advocate for players, but you want them to not get paid, right? Because <laughs> I'm awful. Yeah, that's how this I'm works. A horrible human being. So, who are you picking? Um, I am going to 
Yeah, I want to be creative and be like, it's going to be Julie Chassin. I thought about, I did, I did the, consider that. But, but the odds are on Anderson. I, th- I think the odds, Anderson or Davies are both, I think, legitimate answers. And I think the odds slightly favor Chase Anderson. Well, what are the chances? I'm, okay, I'm what surprised are, you didn't go Corbin Burns. <laughs> he's going to get 15 starts. And the way they're talking now that, you know, I don't know that he's going to get his 15 in. What are the chances that Nelson comes back around the All-Star game? and pitches 15 games. I was trying to do the math. I mean, can he get 15? It's about what? Five to six. He would have no, he would have no wiggle room. I think if he came back at the all-star game. Well, and you have to remember the last six weeks of the season, um, they have an off day every week. Let's, let's pause here and just get into the next prop, which is actually about Jimmy Nelson. Okay. Uh, How many games, is he going to pitch this year? Are you, and this is just speculating, kind of reading the tea leaves and just random guessing. On Do you have an over under number on that? I have an over under at 10 and a half. Ooh, I, yeah, that's, I'm going to take, because I'm foolishly optimistic about Jimmy Nelson. I have a long history of foolish optimism when it comes to Jimmy Nelson that proved to be not so foolish last year. I will take the over. Okay. Uh, JP, what do you think? I'm switching it up so you're not picking last. That's fine. I'll, I'll take under just because shoulder injuries scare me so much that I don't necessarily know what to expect on it. And if they get into a situation in which they're not competitive at the end of the year, they might not have a reason to push him all that hard. So I'll take under. Um, yeah, for basically the same reasons. Shoulders are scary. I'm going to go with under. Even though I want to be optimistic, I am optimistic with the reports they've had up to this point with how he's progressed. It just seems like I think even if he comes back, there's going to be a little bit of they want to make sure that he's getting a proper amount of rest between starts no matter what. So I think there's a little bit of skipping Jimmy Nelson starts, pushing starts that, um, yeah, I think 10 is about right. I say, even if he hits them, even if he like starts actually pitching in game situations in June, he's probably going to need what three weeks in the minors to really ramp up and then you're that'd be like the best case scenario in terms of hitting the all-star break and if he's not actually pitching in game situations until july then you're not seeing him really hit the ground running until the beginning of august yeah so uh, you know but if he were to start at the beginning of august he could get his 11 in and this also includes playoffs oh so yeah there we go yeah okay uh, do you want to factor now in playoffs? Now Did that change? Say, now you already went over. I took the that, over. So that still I'm doesn't like, change. Well, I'm, I'm just feeling that much better about my bet right now. We'll, we'll we'll get into what we think of their playoff odds next week when we do the 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 final team or preview. Or probably right now, you know, in a few. But minutes. we'll we'll go into depth about it. Sure. So, um, okay, Andy, what do we got next? All right, one more on the starting pitching. So last year they they had 13 different players. Uh, take a shot at starting a game. So we had 13 different guys started. God, were there that uh, many? The year before, they had nine different guys starting. So I'm going to put it right in the middle there. How many uh, different starting pitchers will they have this year, setting the over-under at 11 and a half? Ooh. I'm going to be... Do you want to go first, or should I just take it? I'm going to take the under. 11 and a half? Oh, yeah, I'll take the under. Um, I'm going to go over. I mean, we don't even have a fourth starter at this point. I think there could be a lot of just running through guys at the back end of that rotation early in the season. So I think they're going to go over that uh, over that number on the season. We still have Jimmy Nelson coming back. That isn't factored in. They could still sign 
Alex Cobb, for example. So, yeah, I'm going to go over on this one. What do you think, JP? I'm going to take over. Uh, if, if we're talking about, like, suitor spot starts, if we're talking about Junior Guerra coming up and taking a start or two, Corbin Burns, you got Brandon Woodruff, you could have Wilkerson, you can have a trade midseason. I'll take over. There we go. Ryan's wrong again. So, uh, next question. Undefeated. Uh, <laughs> So this is along the same lines of, you know, I think kind of the theory going in is we're going to see a lot of starters maybe pitch fewer innings this year. So we also have Josh Hader in the bullpen. Um, So I want to know compared. So if we're looking at who had the fifth most starts for the Brewers, will that fifth most, the guy with the fifth most starts have more innings pitched or less innings pitched than Josh Hader? And just for example, last year, um, Suter was the had the fifth most starts on the team, and he had 84 innings pitched. Uh, the year before, they actually kind of had a fifth starter with Junior Guerra, and he had 121 innings pitched. So kind of who's going to have more innings, Hater or the guy with the fifth most starts? Ooh. JP, you want to start with this one? Yeah, I'll take Hater. Any reason for that? I, well, I think Hater will. Hater still even has an outside shot of eventually making some starts um, as the season progresses. And I think there are so many question marks at the beginning of the year, whether it's Wade Miley, whether it's Junior Guerra, whether it's Woodruff. They've just got so many pieces that they're going to look to mix and match um, that I'll, I'll, I'll take Hater because I think he's going to see more multi inning stints at the beginning of the year. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Hater as well, just because, again, I picked the over on the 11 and a half starters. So I don't think that they're going to, if you're that back end of the starting rotation, I don't think you're going out there for even six plus innings at a time. So I think it would take a lot of starts to be able to get over that point. I'll take Hater too. Because I think there's a pretty decent chance that we're looking at him as a guy who pitches, you know, 45 or 50 games and maybe getting up towards 80, 85 innings just because of the way that I think they're going to use them. So, yeah. And I mean, so how I, are you, how are you going to only have like nine pitchers take starts and nobody 11 and get a half. above 80? I could, 11. You said, oh, you said, I oh. guess. So yeah, you're, you're picking the under and you think it's going to be like exactly 11. No, I just think that there, there is going to be some spread out at the back end of the rotation because I think there are a number of options, but I don't think that there's that many bad options that they're just going to like, discard guy after guy after guy. I think guys are going to get in there and they're going to stick unless they get hurt or something happens. So I wait. So guys are going to stick, but they're going to go through a lot of guys because there's injuries that happen because Jimmy Nelson's coming back because of all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure like, I just want to clarify that. Yes. Okay. Yes. It you, has been clarified. Yeah, it's, been clarified. it's been clarified. So thanks you for joining. Contradiction. Thank yes, you. Yes. Thanks for joining us, even though you've contradicted yourself with the last two picks. So way to go, Ryan. <laughs> I guess that's how you hedge your bets. You're, and if both you're just of playing, them, you're just playing bo- for the win right now, they, right? If they both end up being correct, I'm going to laugh so hard about that. Are we going to have to record that as a separate podcast? Yes. Yeah, so me just guffawing <laughs> at you. It's gonna be it's gonna be sixty minutes of oh, Ryan if, laughing. If if I win this Look, thing, if that happens, I will be doing a victory dance in your face. We're gonna record that. We'll have a Look, video podcast for that one. Yeah. Look, if, if that happens and the Brewers don't make the playoffs, that Ryan will still be happy. If Ryan wins this and the and the Brewers win like seventy games, this entire season will be worth it. All right, next one. So this is maybe a. I'm sure there's gonna be a consensus here, but it's a chance to be contrarian. Uh, who is going to have more saves, Corey Knebel or any other single 
person on the Brewers. Ooh, any other single person, not everybody else added together. Yeah, any other single person. Knable. I he I think he's a good pitcher, so I I think that that's yeah. Unless he gets hurt, there's that. that there's the, just the volatility, and then you also have a closer, a proven closer. You can't see me, but I have air quotes going here with Jeremy Jeffress on the roster. Oh yeah, um, just throwing that out there. Yeah, I still think it's going to be Knable, just because he's going to get even if he's terrible. I think he's going to get at least a couple months before they would take him out of that spot. So I, I think it would be hard for anybody else to overtake him at that point. Because you could be terrible and still rack up a decent number of saves. And I'm not sure who it would be that would replace him instantly right off the bat either, because I think they would probably try to not use Hater that way if they could avoid it. They would probably try to stay away from him, because I think he has so much more potential value in the the role of, you know, more of a relief ace. Well, and I think they always want to have that possibility that he could turn back into a starter and Pitching multiple innings out of the bullpen, I think they f- leaves like, that more wiggle room. Yeah, they kind of feel like there's a little more flexibility. So, JP, what do you think there? Canable for me as well, just because I can't think of who else would come in and really be able to lock down a spot. Um, so, yeah, I think it's Canable for me. So, no contrarians here. All right, yeah, we'll leave that to the listeners then. Um, <laughs> all right, so that's our con- chance to make up ground. Yeah, so that that's the pitchers. So now uh, this is kind of a two-parter. We're going to look at the whole season here, and I know you guys are doing your your show next week. We're going to go more in depth, so feel free to keep this brief. But uh, right now we have an over/under of wins uh, from the Vegas line of eighty-four and a half, and then part two of the question: um, playoffs, yay or nay? You want to go first, JP? Not particularly. <laughs> uh, I will. I will take under. This is hard, just because if they, it, this is just assuming they don't make any other moves before opening day. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got them at like 82, 83 wins, so I'll I'll take under, um, and then no playoffs. I'm going to take the over very, very slightly over, and uh, but I will say no playoffs. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go under. Um, I just think there's going to be too much regression this season to uh, hit that 86 again. And again, it's just not a linear path to getting back to respectability there in the playoffs. So I think this idea that they win 86, so therefore they automatically win. 87, 88, 89, it just isn't going to happen. So I'm going under, and then obviously that would be no playoffs this season. Man, you guys are Debbie Downers. We are oh, terrible. Geez. People are going to – we just lost subscribers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. We're totally taking a Patreon hit here. Yeah. So, well, no, that's all – they all they all want it for the minor league stuff. Nobody cares about winning for that group. <laughs> so, okay. So we're all going under, right? No, you went you over. All, you went slightly over, but no playoffs. Yeah, you all I, hate the Brewers. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan went over, but wants to be sure that everyone knows that he doesn't think it's too <laughs> much because he doesn't want to look silly. So somebody asked me what I thought, and I said eighty-five, and I. So it, eighty-five is more than eighty-four and a half. So I and I think we'll, and we'll talk about that by, a little bit more next week. Yeah. So, so yeah, we got that coming up next week. We'll go in depth about what we actually think. So about what's going to happen the rest of the season. So yep, uh, we'll hit to the next question. All right. So now we have the lightning round. Oh, so, okay. here we go. Imagine, you know, sirens going off here. Um, I got six questions here. Um, don't put a lot of thought into it. Just kind of say the first thing that pops into your head. Uh, these I are going to be a, top... a lot of thought in these any are... of the other ones. So this <laughs> <one>. <laughs> you were over there doing math. I heard you doing math. 
I so, mean, clearly you were trying. So these are um, these are a tiebreaker. So we got we had a bunch of props earlier. I don't have the exact number. Uh, and then this will be the tiebreaker off of that. So, all right, here we go. First one. Uh, Tom Hodricourt has Steve blocked on Twitter. <laughs> can, can we, as a collective group, get Tom to unblock Steve? Deadline on this is October 1st. Uh, yes or no? <laughs> okay. Wait, so... <laughs> there's, there's a significant opportunity to, like... <laughs> <laughs> this is great radio guys we're just all <laughs> laughing uncontrollably <laughs> so if i say no that means i have to try to actively keep steve from getting unblocked by tom watercourt is that the deal i guess are what we if, gonna have people working against me what if we could get him what if he's what if he gets unblocked and then gets reblocked? because steve I mean, yeah. that's like a distinct <laughs> possibility. We well, get Steve just, unblocked and they get it, him right back blocked again. Okay, the bet is just I get unblocked. It doesn't matter what happens after that. Okay. Um, I'm I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say that, that Tom is a forgiving man and a, a gracious man. He probably has never given any thought to this before <laughs> at all. Probably has very little idea who you even are. Oh, yeah. So, well, yeah, because I got blocked. It, it was uh, a disagreement about Corey Hart's trade status in, like, 2011. Yeah. So that's how long it's been. I'm sure he hasn't thought about me very often since then. No, I, I imagine We don't necessarily not. know that. But, you know. <laughs> okay, what do you think? I'm I'm gonna go ahead. Oh, I said I think he's a forgiving man. So yes, now that this is happening, Steve will be unblocked by Tom Hardercourt. Okay, I think Hardercourt's kind of heartless and uh, doesn't care. So <laughs> wow. I'm gonna say no. Tom Hardercourt doesn't care whether or not I can see what he does on Twitter. JP, what do you think? I'm, I think Steve stays blocked. I'm not convinced Hardercourt knows how to unblock. Him. <laughs> oh, oh that's, now that's you're going to get blocked. There. See, I was, I'm over here, I'm over here saying nice things. No, I mean like, legitimately. I'm not like I don't know. I don't, I don't. I think if you ask Twitter users on how to unblock people, I bet you under 25% know how to do it. <laughs> there you go. Okay, All next right, one. Next one. Will a pitcher hit a home run for the Brewers this year? Uh, they had zero last year. They had two the year before, but it was Tyler Cravey and uh, Willie Peralta. Um, little other background here. Euless has one uh, career home run. So Willie Brewer pitcher hit a home run this year. Ooh. I am going to go ahead and say no. I don't think Zach Davies could put one over and he gets the most starts <laughs> out of everybody. So. <laughs> I, honestly, I mean, I guess... This is one of those that he's get, somebody's getting a home run on opening day. And Does, Yo- Giovanni Gardo is just lurking there too. Yeah, that is right. That is yeah, true. But if if Giovanni's pitching out of the bullpen, it's going to be really hard to get like an at bat, let alone enough to like hit a home run. So, oh, but he could pinch hit. They could use him as a pinch hitter. You think that's how he's going to make? The, yeah, he'll get a pinch hit. <laughs> he's going to he's going to make the roster because he can add an extra hitter to the bench. Yes, that's why. Wait, um, is this, so is this starting pitcher or any pitcher? Any pitcher. I'm I'm gonna go no. I'm I'm thinking about whether or not they would ever move Christian Betancourt back to a relief role. Oh yeah, in which they could do. I don't. I'm gonna say yes, and I'm, I'm gonna say it's uh, gonna be Brandon Woodruff. Okay. Uh, last year, Domingo Santana hit the longest home run of 476 feet. So the over/under on longest home run, uh, 476 and a half. 
Over. Take the over. Thames is going to crush one. I don't know. Thames hit a lot of home runs last season. He didn't go over that. You're right. He did not. But Thames is capable of absolutely crushing one. 476. Santana did it last year. Um, I'm going to go under. JP? I'll say I'll say over. I believe in the juice ball. All right, next one. Very important. I, oh, wait, hold on a second. I thought the juice ball affected more like the stuff that was close, you know, whether or not it's getting over the fence. You think it's adding that much distance? So the whole point is not that it, like, only adds distance in, like, a, like a bound of 50 feet. Like, <laughs> it's not like it only adds distance if it goes 300 yards to 350 or 300, 300 feet to 350. I mean, it still adds yardage no matter well, what. Well, if we're Steve, talking did about... you not watch Aaron Judge in the home run derby last year? Well, they, they bring some special juice balls for the home run derby. Let's, look, let's look, we're not, not we're kid ourselves not here. We're not here to make any accusations, okay? I would like to distance myself from that comment. Well, I mean, if the well, maybe Zach Davies can hit one out if the ball's that juice this year, but I'm still not changing that pick, and I'm still going under. Because that's, that's a... Hell of a home run if you're hitting at 476. It's going to be four, it's a huge home run. Yeah. yeah, it's probably going to be like 475 this year. It's going to be the long. I'm going to mark that down. It's going to be an extra tie. 85 wins, 475. Yeah, we're, we're just right on the edges there. I yeah. just go with yeah, whatever on the five. I was going to say a round number, but it's not a round number. So no, there we go. Okay, next one. Uh, Nick Franklin at bats 0.5. Achi machi. <laughs> He, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the heart here and say under. That's that's what my heart says. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah, I'm gonna go under. They have too many outfielders. You would think that, but yeah, you, I know you can't kill him. I th- I think it's an under. <laughs> but have you tried? <laughs> it's an under. But if you try, you might get an Uber ride from him, right? <laughs> was he? The, I think he was the one that was driving an Uber around Milwaukee. Guy, yeah. So. I would go over on Uber Uber rides from Nick Franklin, but under on F bats. JP start cruising local Ubers <laughs> trying to find Nick Franklin. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll say under as well. All right, another equally as thrilling one here. Um, so I'm sure there's a lot of listeners of Effectively Wild and the Albers Web. Uh, neither of them can ever get a save. And uh, Albers actually had two saves last year, so the over-under on saves this year is 0.5. So will Matt Albers record a save for the Brewers this year? I think he will. Yep. 0.5? Now that the now that the seal has been broken, yep. I think Matt Albers is going to get that save. And he is, right now, I mean, he's probably the guy likely to pitch directly before Knable when Hader's not in that role himself because he's going to be a little more flexible, you know, between the 6th and the 8th sometime. So I think... He's the next up. So I think he will get a save. At least one. I'm going to go under. No saves for Matt Albers. No saves for Albers. I think what it ends up being is Hater probably just bridges an inning or something like that to cover for Knable if they can't use him. That's the scenario I'm setting up <laughs> for this. That's why I'm saying it's not going to happen. There's extra innings, too. They never win those extra inning yeah. games. So I'm just planning on all of those wow. being losses. Once they go into extra innings, I assume it's a loss. That is a fact. That, yeah. that allows you to go to bed earlier, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I go to bed, and out. then I think I have TMJ is like on the radio in the morning. So right away they say, like, you know, what the Brewers did the night before. So I can find out, you know, 
whether it's a, a happy morning or a, a sad morning in Mudville. So, JP, what do you got? I'll say over. Uh, though I actually think that Jeremy Jeffress is probably the second second in line. But um, just because of how much Council put a lot of trust in him after the trade uh, midseason. But um, but I think, there's, <laughs> yeah, I think if, if Matt Albers starts pitches anywhere decently he'll get he'll get some some role in a late inning i'll say yeah all right and to close it out i have an attendance prop which is very exciting i'm glad i saved it for last Ooh. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna have this, to, been, this yeah. is where the the steve uh, will get unblocked by tottercourt one should have gone yeah i you know i thought maybe we we're gonna have to listen to euchre in the eighth <laughs> inning i think when he announces the attendance every game oh yeah keep our scorecard that way so Last so we're the prop is uh, Miller Park games with over forty thousand in attendance that don't involve the Cubs. So non Cubs, forty thousand uh, people there. Okay, and what was the number last year? So last year they had seven of those. Okay. Uh, the year before they had one, which I assume was opening day. Uh, when they were really good in two thousand eleven, they had thirty five, forty thousand seat, forty thousand attended games without the Cubs. So I had the over under set at fourteen and a half. Ooh. So are we going to double last year with the enthusiasm? Because those generally don't happen till the summer. So they're going to have to get off to a decent start to, to really push that. What did you say it was 14 and a half? Yeah. 14 and a half. Ooh. And it was 11 last year? Uh, it was seven. Seven last oh, year. seven last year. And not, you can't include the Cubs. So, I mean, you're, you're knocking nine games out of there right away. Um, and the Cubs have two weekend series this year. Okay, you doing your math is really boring. <laughs> so come on. This is the hardest one. Yeah, he's looking <laughs> at the bobbleheads. Um, I am going to go. I believe. I believe in the people and I believe in the team. And I'm going to go with over. See, I wanted to go over and then I realized I picked the under on the 84 and a half, which I think is going to like hold it down just a bit. So I, I got to go under on that only because of what I picked for the uh, overall wins over under bet. I, I want to go over, but By the way, I, I feel like to be consistent, I have to pick under. When we say playoffs, second wild card counts, correct? They don't have to actually make the... Correct. Yeah, second yeah, wild card counts. Yeah, that's a playoff okay. game. Yep, okay. Some people don't consider it. I do, but some people don't. Who are these people you're talking about? Who are there these are some people? people that don't consider Barry Bonds to be the home run leader, but... Well, so we're, wrong. we're just staying... We're being definitionally clear for everybody. All right. JP, over under 14 and a half. Over. Uh, I'm banking on Cardinals games. I'm banking on early season excitement. I'm also banking on uh, bobblehead days. Twins might be good this year, too, so that could be another. Ooh, Twins that's Twins two, a good shout, too. That's two games, yeah. Do bobbleheads still bring people to the park? Yes. yes. Do they really? Yes. Yes. Oh, God. I. But they don't do them during Cubs series anymore? Well, that would that's a good move. Well, because people people throw them. <laughs> Those <laughs> savages. The it just, it just seems people. like an absolute. I say it seems like an absolute waste. They know they're going to get the people on those days. You need to like, you need to do it when they play like Cincinnati the Reds. And they play Cincinnati yeah. approximately fifty times every year. I feel like every I, time I turn on a game, it's the it's Reds. Cincinnati. It's like, ah. Well, I didn't think they needed to do it against Cincinnati because they have Scooter. Uh, Jeanette playing second base, so he like is that a, he is a human bobblehead. Yes, yeah, everybody wants to like bring Scooter back. You know, oh, he could hit ho- he could hit four home runs in a game. The guy's just you know. Well, now power in Indiana, I get blocked out for like I get blacked out 
pretty much I get plucked out of <laughs> every Cincinnati game, every Cubs game, every like every Tigers game. It's just so I felt like last year, every single time I tried to watch the Brewers, they were playing the Reds and I couldn't watch it. Living in Indiana is basically living in Iowa, but with, you know, less corn. In terms is, of is that what it is? Yeah, okay, I, mean, I was going to see if you had like, any look, other ticker to that. Well, Indiana is not my favorite place in the world, but it, comparing it to Iowa just seems not very nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, that's going to do it for our prop bets. Uh, like I said, uh, you'll be able to find it. I'll pin uh, the link to that on our uh, Twitter page. And we'll tweet it out a lot. We'll tweet it out, yeah. So uh, what's the deadline to get this? Get everything submitted? Um, we might as well go with... Was it opening? First pitch of the season. Yeah. First pitch of the season. So that would be what is it? That Wednesday. Oh, man, so if you're Thursday, uh, it's so at three o five. Okay, Thursday at three o five. So you're a smart listener, you wait to see if there are any moves made before you get into anything. That's what you I did do. with the the buck around when yeah. I waited until the very last day to submit my entry. And if anything, like we'll it, we'll take out questions if like we find out Corey Knable's out for the year tomorrow. We'll no, we got to leave out. those in. We got to <laughs> leave everything in. You're stuck. So speaking of which. Um, you were enjoying the, you went and listened to the prop bet show on the buck around. I did. So you could yeah. hear, you did a little ground research. I went back and I listened to the buck arounds prop bet show specifically just so I could, um, and what was it you told me stood out about it? The Jonathan Taylor stuff. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Andy, Andy brought up Jonathan Taylor. It's like, like, Hey, he's getting, thought. yeah, he's <laughs> getting some heat in camp. You know, maybe we should pay attention to this guy a little bit. And they kind of, I don't want to say they blew you off, yeah. but there was a little bit of like, okay, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll consider it. But um, who was it? Max? Max and Rich. Yeah. yeah I, I want to say that he's like, oh, I think they want a red shirt Taylor. So it was kind of funny. Yeah. It's it's funny to listen to it when you have like the entire season played out. The and then fact that back. he was like national freshman of the year. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I would hope that we sound at least a little goofy. <laughs> if you were to listen to this episode in like, you know, a- after games are done in late year September from now, or yeah. October. Yeah, like you would listen back and we would sound like a bunch of goofs. So that's that's hopefully the goal with this. We're goofier than yeah, usual. Yeah, I was going to say, if, I'd say if we get into a place where like every, you know, Julius Chassin is like at home 3-1 ERA and then we come back and everyone's like, oh, you're a moron. You couldn't even <laughs> see that Chassin was going to be good. Like, that's awesome. I hope if we look stupid for shit like that, then we're we're in a good place. Yeah, and I mean, hopefully we look stupid because I, I think none of us expect them in the playoffs. Yeah, I, that was dumb of me to thread the needle that way. <laughs> that was a tactical was like, mistake. Like, How am I taking I over just... on 84 and a half and then saying no playoffs? Because that basically means they have to be between like 85 and like 88, 89. I mean, you could win 90 games. You just said you were being intellectually consistent and sticking with your 85. I, that is why I picked what I picked. And I, that is the reason for it, but that is a very specific number. It's a very, it's a very, I'm going to hit a very narrow window. If they they make a legitimate addition, like if they're able to swing a trade and make an addition to the starting rotation and it's a meaningful, like suddenly, I mean, I legitimately would up my projection for the Brewers pretty substantially if they were able to make a, a good a good addition to the starting rotation. So there are a lot of things that could change. You know what I'm doing? I'm doing a Stephen oh. Hawking thing. He had a habit. He always bet against RIP, by the way, but he always bet against his biggest <laughs> theories. <laughs> well, come on. So he would bet against his biggest theories. And one of the bets that he put in 
was he had to give a book to somebody. He bet against his own theory and he conceded in like 2004, 2005, said, no, I, this is pretty clearly, you know, whatever that, that this is right. So, um, he paid up his bet and it was the baseball almanac that he gave to somebody. So you, you are basically Stephen Hawking. I am. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what I'm saying. I am. Yes. That is exactly what's going on. But no, he would always bet against his own his own theories. So he would have he could be happy if he was wrong. Did you? Did say, you when re- I used to, yeah. When I used to do the daily fantasy stuff for Baseball Perspectives, when I wrote for the fantasy team there, and they made us do it, I always picked players that were against the Brewers. So like, even if the Brewers somehow did badly, I could somewhat still enjoy it. <laughs> it's all it about like the it was. It's all about feeling better, right? And it everything. Is. It's all about making yourself feel better. Yeah. So, um, anyways, I think that's gonna we're gonna wrap it up because we went pretty long on. We didn't go long. It's not the longest episode, but we did a pretty good job on this one. So, um, any final thoughts on the season? We're gonna talk about it. We'll talk about. The we'll talk about it next, next week. Thank you, Andy. Yeah. yeah thank thanks you for, for, thanks for having me, guys. In. Andy, you want people to follow uh, you on Twitter? You. Uh, yeah, you can follow me at Brewer World or AK <laughs> Chef. Either of those that- will work. Is that the first official like outing of that? I, ju- I just know him. It's not actually. <laughs> I, I, I'm just sure. Yeah, I'd like to say that we were very respectful to not ask for any inside scoops from Brewer World. He's on a mega bus right now, so it's kind of hard to reach. Well, I just figured you could get in contact with him if needed. If you've listened to the this long of the show, I think that's a good Easter egg Steve, for you. Steve is actually one of the twenty high heats. So no, stop, stop. You guys, you guys were sending me info on high heat. I'm like what is this stuff <laughs> and then it'd be like oh look at this message board thread i'm like no i don't have the time to go back and read 20 pages of a bunch of brewer com- conspiracy theorists talking about whether or not high heat 19 is like legit on some you know random message board i think that's what high heat would say if somebody accused <laughs> yeah. him of that i think that's exactly what high heat would say so yeah, follow me on Twitter. Also, uh, convince Hodger Court to, to uh, unblock Steve. Yeah, I want to do action see, items from today. I'm looking forward to seeing that campaign get started. So. <laughs> oh, God. If, We're if all going to get blocked by him. <laughs> We're all so, wait, just to be clear, if he gets unblocked and he gets reblocked, who wins? Uh, it's all about the unblock. It, what, it's what happens just getting after, unblocked. Yeah. I was going to say I have because faith I will, in Steve I to get reblocked. I do. I would say I will send Hodricord like I will CC him on every one of your tweets <laughs> if, if, it, if, it, if it were about getting reblocked again. You know, you say I'd get reblocked. I would get myself blocked. Actually, I don't. But. I don't tweet nearly as much as I used to. No, you don't. So I, I don't think I'd get reblocked. I'd just kind of fade into the background and everything. So. I'd find old ones. <laughs> oh, there's. Oh there's plenty of old stuff I know that would be awful to see. Well, because I used to have my Twitter and Facebook linked. You know how you get like the yes. the on this day stuff? So I get all of these like what my old tweets were showing up on Facebook. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> like raging about Hillary in the 2008 primaries or something like that. So, yeah, seeing that on like Brewer's Twitter, I'm like, oh, you children, you don't understand. We've already done this. <laughs> So, uh, anyways, JP, you got anything else to add before we wrap this up? No, not a thing. I'm looking forward to, <laughs> to opening day. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all ready for opening day. And see, usually what we do is JP would do the Patreon uh, supporters, but I didn't send you the list this week. So, um, 
We have Jake Liebham, Mike Podarski, and Joe Rasmussen. They're our Patreon supporters we just want to say thanks to. JP, you have anything else you want to say to him? To the Patreon? Yeah, you're the one who usually goes into depth about how important it is and how much we love yeah, all no, of them. Awesome. We're looking forward to talking about some, some minor league stuff in, uh, in, in the beginning of April, and then we have an opportunity for them to send in some questions, and we'll interact that way. It's always great. It is. Yeah. We, we love the Patreon stuff. Like I said, uh, you get to submit the questions for the minor league pod. So um, I think pretty much everybody who submits stuff really gets to get an in-depth uh, examination of their questions, right? On the minor league pod? Yeah. Especially yeah. on the minor league pod. It's pretty easy to get through and, those. And I apologize. Seeing everybody's face, I realized I must have swore. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> do I you, we do know you have the potty mouth of the group, so yeah, which I, 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 I have always loved. Yeah, if we had a larger catalog, you could go back and see the number of times uh, JP drops an F-bomb during the year, and then we could bet on that. I think that, that'll be for next season. So if anybody wants to listen this season and track those, then we can do a prop bet for the following year. JP's like, yeah, whatever you set the number at, I'm going to f- go over it. <laughs> okay, looks like I got to get the uh, slide whistle out again or whatever I found online to do our little... Uh, uh, censoring there so anyways you can join our patreon by visiting patreon.com slash mke tailgate patrons at the ball and glove level will receive the monthly minor league extra podcast as always follow us on twitter at mke tailgate you can also submit questions to milwaukees.tailgate at gmail.com or through our facebook page for milwaukee's tailgate baseball podcast and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts, soundcloud stitcher and the google play store you can leave reviews and help people find the podcast. So thanks for listening and look for us again next week on Milwaukee's tailgate.